Welcome to the Books and Bites podcast. Each month, we bring you book recommendations and discuss the bites and beverages to pair with them. This month, we're discussing the theme, Build a Better World, which is the collaborative summer reading theme for this summer. Uh, many libraries are using this theme to celebrate reading in their communities um, all summer long. So we're going to be talking a little about what the theme means to us and what our patrons here at Jessamine County Public Library think about um, building their community in a better way. So we recently asked on Instagram for our patrons to share what they thought the meaning of build a better community was. Um, and we want to share some of those with you. There were some really good answers. Um, our favorite one um, is from a patron and he says that we can all be identified by our jobs and our age and our education, but the area we live in identifies a place to all of us. And this space itself can be transformed into a living being full of learning, helping, um, and creating together. And community doesn't identify us. We create and contribute to our community no matter how small or how small we are. And he, he thinks, what a great theme at a time when we hear a lot of words like divided, polarizing, and intolerant. That's a really positive way about thinking about community. So that's a really good answer. Yeah, that was my favorite of the answers, but we had a lot of really good answers and really thoughtful answers to that question. Yeah, let's take a look at one more. Um, another patron says that uh, build a better community to her means creating a better and safer place for our kids to play and learn because their future is more important than anything. And also living in a place where they feel free to be themselves and reach their goals. And as the teen librarian, I strongly agree with all of that. Um, that's part of what I want the library to be is a place for them to play and learn and express themselves and try to reach their dreams. So, Absolutely. And I think that goes for all ages here at the library. Yeah, definitely. That's all of that is part of our, our major goal. <laughs> Um, so now we're going to go ahead and talk about some book recommendations. Um, like we usually do, we're each going to share some books and what we think, and you can find out more about them and find them in our library catalog by uh, going to justpublib.org and looking for Books and Bites. My first book is Utopia Drive, a road trip through America's most radical idea by a local author, Eric Ries. In Utopia Drive, author and University of Kentucky professor Eric Ries leaves his home in nearby Nonsuch, Kentucky for a road trip through past and current utopian communities of the eastern United States. Ries states his own preference for solitude and quiet country life, but he hopes to find answers to the, quote, political, economic, social, and environmental crises, unquote, he sees in our culture. Utopia Drive is part travelogue, part history, and part political manifesto. Reese points out that he is not a social scientist, but, quote, a guy with a truck, a gas card, and a few boxes of old books shifting around in the cab, unquote. That sounds like a great adventure. <laughs> Start of a great adventure. Um, it, when, yeah. when did this book come out? Um, last year, actually. 2016. Oh, okay. So it's pretty contemporary. Mm -hmm. Very contemporary. 
Um, but although I think he's selling himself a bit short with his guy with a truck and a gas car comment, that personal and informal tone makes a somewhat lofty subject very approachable. The book begins just down the road from us at Shaker Village of Pleasant Hill, where the Kentucky Shakers lived for nearly 100 years, from 1805 to 1910. Have you ever been to Shaker Village? Uh, I've never been to Shaker Village, but I know that I should go. I've lived in Kentucky for almost five years now. Yeah, I've never you should, been. You should definitely take your mom this weekend when she's visiting. Really? Oh, yeah, that's a good idea. <laughs> yeah, I love Shaker Village. It's I've been there many times. It's one of the most beautiful places, I think, in central Kentucky, and it's super interesting. Great. I'm excited about it. Well, I already knew a little about the Shakers, I found this chapter particularly interesting and informative. Reese visits other religious communities, such as the Abbey of Our Lady of Gethsemane Monastery in Bardstown, Kentucky, and he travels to secular communities such as New Harmony, Indiana, and the contemporary intentional communities of Twin Oaks and Acorn, both in Virginia. In each, Reese points out aspects we can use as models the way the Shakers created beauty through their focus on utility, for example, or appreciated and respected all work. He credits New Harmony with founding public education in this country and admires the gender equality of the perfectionist community in Oneida, New York. Reese also notes each community's problems. After all, most of them are failed utopias, and we can learn just as much from what didn't work as what did. In his closing chapter, Reese argues that we need utopian thinking because it, quote, works outside the system in a bottom-up fashion to create a new paradigm and thus create a true form of democ democracy that is worthy of its name, end quote. As an example of an alternative to mainstream business practices, Reese profiles Ohio Cooperative Solar, a worker-owned business in Cleveland, Ohio, that he says, quote, offers a model for solving, or at least beginning to solve, the problems of income inequality and unsustainability, unquote. Reese suggests that, like the utopianists, we can do something about aspects of our society that we don't like. We don't have to leave it up to the politicians and corporations. Quote, we can head out today toward the utopia of reconstruction, he writes. We can build the road as we travel. So since many of the communities Reese visited focused on sustainability and thrift, I couldn't help but think of the Shaker lemon pie, which I first tried at Shaker Village. What makes this pie different from your typical lemon meringue pie is that you use two whole lemons, pith, peel, and all. Oh my god. <laughs> slicing them very thinly and macerating them for several hours in two cups of sugar. I must make it. <laughs> it is, it's really good and really super easy, except for, I think, the slicing part. Don't you care, <laughs> must do it. I love lemons. Because <laughs> you really have to slice them pretty thinly, right. otherwise you're like chewing right. on yeah. <laughs> lemon peel. That's perfect, though. A perfect recipe. Yes. Um, it, it you end up with a sweet lemony custard that has plenty of bite to it. It's sweet, but not too sweet. And it's really delicious. You can find the recipe in the Shaker Cookbook by Caroline B. Percy, which we have in our collection, 
or if you just Google shaker lemon pie, you'll get quite a few different options. Awesome. Thanks so much for sharing that one. Yeah. I'm probably going to make it this weekend. It's really good. You should. So the first book I want to talk about today is I Am Malala. The story of the girl who stood up for education and was shot by the Taliban. It's written by Malala Yousafzai in conjunction with Christina Lamb, who is a journalist. Um, that was published in 2013. And have you read I Am Malala? I haven't. It was yeah, actually. Haven't you read it yet? <laughs> <laughs> it's been on my list for a long time. So this is yeah. a good um, kick in the pants. It is. <laughs> it's it's incredible. Um, the way that she views the world is so positive and beautiful and uplifting and important um, and that's i mean considering all she's been through that's pretty amazing right she's so yeah. positive it's it's amazing um so there are several different versions of the book um there's the the first edition the hardcover i am malala um with a big photograph of malala on the cover with her beautiful smile um there's a, a young readers edition that i think has come out more recently that has um, more for elementary age um, with a little bit less of the violent content um, and they all have a, a bunch of photographs in the middle um, which I recommend you flip through as you read um, because they are very clear indication of Malala's view of the world you get actual photographs to see how how she views everything the story that Malala tells is of when the Taliban took control of the Swat Valley in Pakistan, um, where Malala is from, where she lived with her family. Um, it's a very mountainous but beautiful region. Um, and the incident happened when she was 15. She was shot in the head at point-blank range while riding the bus home from school. Um, most of the beginning of the book talks about how much Malala loved her her the valley where she lived and going to school <laughs> um she had to fight with her family and everyone to to make it sure it, it could happen that she could go to school and that other girls in her community could go to school and when she started they were all very supportive um and they realized how important it was for someone uh just for girls to get an education after the incident um Malala had a miraculous recovery um, thankfully that she wasn't, she was very seriously injured, but she did recover quite quickly and she used what happened to her to speak out and talk about, um, how she wanted the world to change. And since then she has become a global symbol of peace and peaceful protest. And she is also the youngest ever Nobel Peace Prize laureate. Um, so the whole book is just a remarkable tale of a very strong girl, her family, and how they were affected by basically global terrorism, um, how they fight for girls' education, and how their whole family is, including their father, Malala's father, is incredibly supportive of girls' education throughout the world. Sounds really good. Um, it makes you realize how much how we shouldn't take that for granted our own education yes yeah systems. i think about it a lot especially during the summer when there's so many kids here throughout the summer and i think about 
how much they're missing out on, <laughs> um, mm-hmm. which is why the library is here to help support them over the summer. But there are so many kids around the world that don't get the opportunity to just go to school. Um, and that's something that a lot of kids around the world really want. They want the chance to do that. And it takes uh, not just the infrastructure from the government there, but also support from from their families. Um, Malala lived on in a rural area on a farm um and she did a lot of work at home her siblings did a lot of work at home and it was hard to get them away from the home to be able to go to school so that's something that you have to think about too so one of the things that malala talks about a lot um, along with the environment of the valley where she lived in pakistan was the food that she shared with her family Um, And you can experience some similar foods by checking out a cookbook that we have here in the library called Persiana, Recipes from the Middle East and Beyond. It's by Sabrina Gayor. This cookbook is a celebration of the foods and flavors of Middle Eastern regions, and it presents recipes for um, very modern and, and accessible Middle Eastern dishes, things that you could make yourself at home. Um, So I highly recommend that. Um, You can find it in our catalog. At the end of Utopia Drive, one of Eric Reese's suggestions is to join the community-supported agriculture movement, where subscribers buy produce directly from farmers. This suggestion made me think of my next choice, Classic Kentucky Meals, by another local author, Rona Roberts. Roberts writes the blog Savoring Kentucky and co-hosts the podcast and radio show Hot Water Cornbread with Chef Wida Michael and sommelier Chris Michael. I'm looking up that podcast right now and adding it to my list. (laughs) It's pretty awesome. It's also, you can also hear it on Lexington Community Radio, which I'm not sure you can get out here in Jessamine County, but I live in um, Lexington, so I do listen to that. Okay. Um, What's the name of the podcast again? Hot Water Cornbread. Okay. So Classic Kentucky Meals is a cookbook But it also explores the question of how we can, quote, make Kentucky-based meals that are good in every way for our taste buds and our health, for growers as well as eaters, for everyone in all of our communities, end quote. Each chapter provides recipes to make five complete meals in two versions, one for every day and one for special occasions. Along the way, the book profiles 10 Kentucky food producers, including farmers, a miller, and Nicholasville's own Mark and Velvet Hinkle of Hinkle's Herbs and Heirlooms, all of whom are working to create a more sustainable food culture that's better for our community and our planet. Photographs by Sarah Jane Sanders highlight the beauty of Kentucky, its local ingredients, and the meals they inspire. I've only tried one recipe from this book, Roast Winter Vegetable Salad with Chef Wida Michael's Sorghum Bourbon Vinaigrette, and I highly recommend you save it for when the weather cools off and you're ready to enjoy a harvest of root vegetables from right here in Kentucky. My final choice is Mountains Beyond Mountains, The Quest of Dr. Paul Farmer, A Man Who Would Cure the World, by Pulitzer Prize-winning author Tracy Kidder. I 
I love this book. Yes. Um, <laughs> it, it came out quite a while ago, but it's mm-hmm. still so relevant. Yeah, it came out in 2003, and I read it a long time ago. Um, but I recently started to reread it, and I found it just as compelling as the first time. As the title suggests, this book is much more global in scope than the other two I mentioned. It profiles Dr. Paul Farmer, co-founder of Partners in Health, an organization which began as a community-based health project in Haiti and now provides healthcare to the poor around the world. For parts of three years, the author traveled with Farmer in Boston, Haiti, Peru, and Russia, interviewing friends and family to understand Farmer's background and philosophy. Although the book describes extreme poverty, it's inspiring to see the change that Farmer and Partners in Health have been able to achieve. And although Farmer's work ethic and abilities can seem unreal, even saintly, Kidder presents a balanced portrait of him. As PIH co-founder Ophelia Dahl points out, Farmer serves, quote, not as a comforting example, but the opposite, as proof that it was possible to put up a fight as a goad to make others realize that if people could be kept from dying unnecessarily, then one had to act." Given the hunger of Farmer's patience and the fact that he barely takes the time to feed himself, there is no food or drink that you could pair with this book that would not make you feel selfish or indulgent. However, I realized that I didn't know anything about Haitian cooking and went looking for information, And unfortunately, I didn't find very much. We have one book in the children's library about Haiti that includes a few recipes, but very few books have been published about the topic. I've requested that we purchase one, though, so if you're curious, check our catalog soon. I have a couple of fiction books to share um, for something a little different. Um, These are both books that were published this year in 2017, and they are um, young adult contemporary fiction. The first one I want to talk about is City of Saints and Thieves by Natalie C. Anderson. I listened to the audiobook, which was narrated by Pascal Armand. This book is marketed as The Girl with a Dragon Tattoo Meets Gone Girl. It's an enthralling murder mystery that is set in Kenya, in Africa. It's about a girl who basically doesn't exist. She lives on a rooftop in the middle of Sangui City. Her name is Tina, and she's a thief. She's part of a gang. Um, She steals to survive, and um, it's... It's so revolutionary reading a young adult book about uh, a girl growing up in the middle of an African city and seeing what her life is really like and what the lives of her very, very few friends are like. Um, it was really eye-opening because um, although it's fiction, it, it felt very real and the author, I, I found out, did a lot of research and, and knows a lot about Kenya and um, it felt really realistic. So Tina is trying to solve her mother's murder. Tina and her mother and her little sister move to Sangui City from the country in order for her mother to find work as a maid for a very prominent and rich family. Later on, Tina learns that that family's fortune was made from a life of corruption and crime and slavery. After Tina grows up, um, she 
doesn't live with that uh, family anymore. She learns more about their corruption. And um, when she has the opportunity to steal something from them for the gang that she works for, she jumps at the opportunity to get back at the scene of the crime where her mother was murdered in order to find more clues. Those clues lead her all over the city in all kinds of danger. Um, it's, it's very action-packed, but also very funny at the same time. Um, Tina's interactions with her friends remind me a lot of the teens that I work with. Um, it's still very relatable while being really foreign and eye-opening at the same time. And uh, there's, I learned a lot about how kids might live in, uh, in Kenya, what they might do for work, how they go to school, and the differences between living in a big city and living in a village in the country. Um, so if you're looking for something a little eye-opening and something about um, kids in other parts of the world trying to make their world a better place and trying to better themselves, um, check out City of Saints and Thieves by Natalie Anderson. And like I said, I listened to the audiobook and it was really fun. Um, it was just really, really good listen. book I want to talk about is called The Hate You Give, and it was written by Angie Thomas. The audiobook was narrated by Bonnie Turpin. I'm still listening to this one right now. Um, I haven't quite gotten to the end, and I have to say that it lives up to all of the hype. This book is amazing. It was inspired by the Black Lives Matter movement, um, which came about from the seeming epidemic of a police brutality against black people in the U.S. This is Angie Thomas's debut novel, and I, I can't tell. She's an amazing writer. She does really great work. Um, the book is really relatable. I think that um, teens are going to love it, and I think that adults would find a lot, um, a lot to like about it as well. It's about a girl called Star um, who lives in a place called Garden Heights, and Star, when she was 10 years old, had to watch her friend Natasha um, get killed in a drive-by shooting. Because of that, um, Star's family moved her to a private school where she is one of only two black kids that go to school there. So Star moves between those two worlds, the poor neighborhood where she lives and the fancy suburban prep school that she goes to. And um, her uneasy balance in life is completely blown apart when Star witnesses the fatal shooting of her childhood best friend, Khalil, at the hands of a police officer. So the story follows um, Star coping and grieving in the communities, both of them um, dealing with the shooting in very different ways. I highly recommend this book in the audiobook. It's really well done. Um, it's just a fantastic book. That's all I can say. Yeah, I've heard, I mean, it's on like every blog and every review site that I look at for for library books. Yeah. So it's getting a lot of great reviews. Yeah, and they're all really well-deserved. Mm -hmm. I, um, I don't always read books that get a lot of hype because publishers pay for that hype so I'm not really <laughs> convinced by it but mm -hmm. this one totally deserves it it's really good that's great to hear yeah. 
Thank you for listening to the Books and Bites podcast. If you want to hear more book recommendations or give some of your own, we meet the last Wednesday of every month at the library in the Davis Conference Room. You can find us on the Jessamine County Public Library's events calendar. Our theme for July is summer readings. We'll be sharing our favorite books about summer. So we hope that you join us at the next in-person meeting of the Books and Bites program. We're recording in the Jessamine County Public Library's recording studio. You can find out more about the recording studio and our creative space on our website, www.jesspublib.org. Our theme song is The Breakers by Scott Whitten from his forthcoming album In Close Quarters with the Enemy, which releases next month in July 2017. You can find out more about Scott and his music on his website, adoreforadesk.com.